Are you talking right in the mic right now? Oh, yeah. How you doing, comic fam? This show is sponsored by the Mystery Mail Call. This is our comic book subscription service where we package comic books in a box and send them to you every single month. If you want to support the show and get comic books from us, you can hit the link in the bio or go to comictom101.com and join the community. We're also sponsored by Key Collector Comics, which is the best comic book app there is in existence. You download it, you open it, you take it with you when you're hunting. It shows you which books are worth hunting for. It does not show you the ones that aren't. So it lets you kind of streamline and narrow down your focus when you're out there in the wild amongst all of the comics. Also, if you put the code TOM101 in the coupon code section of the app, you get a free one-week subscription. It's very much worth it. Links in the bio. Oh, let's get into the show. Ryan. Oh. We got a packed one again every week. We come to the table, we go through all the comic book news, and we compile it in a, just a fun list for us to chat about. And Ryan, I missed you last week. Missed you guys too. But we got you in that monster video the day before, so I'm glad that the comic fam still experienced. And you guys still had heat. to mention me. I saw with the with the neck tat thing. That's right. That's right. All right, we'll get into that too. Yeah. But we have a packed show today. The hmm. first thing that I want to just dive right into is a key alert. What's a key alert, Ryan? It is probably my favorite part of the of the key collector app you look in your phone and there's a notification and it's some sort of breaking comic book news that is uh from the key collector app there were a couple today if i'm not mistaken i might be mistaken yeah there was a couple today but one in particular that i want to highlight that i'm super excited about and before i do i want to just showcase the neo statue that we put right here ryan Tell the comic fam what happened to Lion Cat. What happened to Lion Cat? What do you mean? Like moments before I hit the, rec- the record button, Just what happened? Just mere minutes ago? Yes. What Gra- happened? Gravity happened. You picked it up and you dropped it and it just shattered. Lion Cat is missing a leg. But we replaced it with this Neo statue for one reason. So you look at that Hellboy statue, it's a solid object, right? It's one <laughs> solid thing. You look at this Neo statue, it is one solid thing. I looked at the lion cat statue and I was like, oh, there's there's words on the bottom. Let me you just look into this just, and, and then just topple it all over and it break. It fell on the table and then kind of burst into pieces. <laughs> the first so, thing you said was if Jem Mint sees that, yeah, um, then you're banned. never gonna let him in a, in his room. <laughs> yeah, I won't I won't be there. It's okay. I only care about all his books. Neo statues, he doesn't want me around those, clearly. But the Neo statue, what's going on? Ah, we uh we got a little bit of news this week. That's right. The Matrix is coming back. Not just coming back. We got the main cast coming back. We're getting Matrix 4. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember thinking this a while ago, like in the back of my head, like there's certain, I remember thinking there's certain movies that they can't remake or bring back in this new kind of Hollywood trend that they're having now. But I guess The Matrix is coming back. Keanu Reeves is all of a sudden, I mean, he's always been kind of an A-lister, but this last two years have been huge for him. Yes. He's become more than a household name. People put him kind of on a pedestal as far as actors go, and I think it's well-deserved. He's had some awesome movies in the last year. None of which I've seen. I still haven't seen John Wick. John Wick is apparently one of the best action movies that's come out, and I haven't seen it yet, but I do know one thing. The comic books are spiking, which is telling me I got to watch this movie. Another comic book you got to be keeping an eye out for is the Matrix comic book that they put out alongside the movie. I didn't even know this existed until you told me about it, but apparently you had one. I've had a couple in my life because, for one, it stands out because it's like the only main like single issue comic book worth picking up. But probably the main reason why you haven't seen this comic or even maybe some of the community members haven't seen this issue is that when it came out, 
it was meant as marketing for the movie. This wasn't like, oh, we're trying to hit an 80,000 print run like a standard you know, comic book or something like that. It wasn't like, like an ongoing series or anything. It was just a like a one-shot movie tie-in kind of thing. Yeah, trying to get some buzz behind the movie. And after it came out, it was deemed as too mature. And which is interesting because like the movie's rated R. It's the Matrix. It's a pretty it's not a light film. It's not a family feature. Right. By any by any stretch of the means. But in this issue, there's just some like kind of major subjects, you know, about life, about death, about robots as the Matrix is but also has some kind of scenes that could be depicted as just too mature. You know, some sexualized scenes and then just like extreme concepts that I think at the time they felt like it may hurt the marketing of the movie. So instead of releasing it and putting out a warning, they recalled it and got rid of them. It was 20 years ago. Like it, that doesn't hit me very often, but oh, it's been 20 crazy? years since The Matrix. 20 years since that movie. Yeah. That's nuts. We're All old. Right. Well, take a look at this book because when you find it, you're going to know you got it because they didn't remake it. They ended up putting it in a trade later down the road. But this is a comic book that you can get in mid-grade around that 12 to $15 mark. And in high grade, it's a $30 book all day. Yeah. So it's a fun one too. It has that recall story with it. So anytime you have that extra layer of inflation, it also you know kind of gets collectors excited. I just think it looks cool. It's got a cool cover. There was a fun tweet by Sir Cates. Donnie Cates. And this is something that I like to showcase because I think it's important for show artists. Kates. Yeah, right. Show Showcates. Show Cates. Show I'm gonna I'm gonna make that a thing. <laughs> He's gotta keep doing it. Keep making the puns, man. Right, I love I it. So I really think it's important that writers and artists within this industry have a public persona. Seldomly do we see these people be in the public eye. Sometimes you see the bigger names do interviews and sometimes you see them being pretty boisterous on Twitter, but seldomly do you see this much of community interaction from a content creator. And Donnie Cates, he jumped all over this. Um, so when this news broke, what did he say? He made a tweet that said, uh, God, if only there was some way that you could still see Spider-Man interacting with the rest of the Marvel characters. Right? He's just throwing this out there like, you know what? If it doesn't happen in the movie, it's going to be okay because there are storylines that have been happening for decades that you can read and right yeah. now that are being made. So check that out. Like read a comic book is really what he's what he's saying at the end of the day. Like, yeah, it's sad that the movies are, are changing, but the comics are always there. I like this. I like seeing these types of creators be in the public eye, communicate with their audience. There are some writers and artists who are making it pretty big, but because they don't have that community interaction, years go by and then sometimes they fall off the radar. There's new people that are taking the sp that spotlight and then all of a sudden they're going, wait, what about this person that was killing it a couple years ago? Well, if you don't have the community involvement, then that's very likely to happen. People will forget because there's so much content coming out. So kudos to Sir Cates for throwing his hat in the ring and sharing his opinion. Yeah, that's a good part about being a creator. Is uh, a, big, a big portion of it is interaction and engagement with the people who are consuming your work. Ooh, speaking of which, let us know in the comment section what you think about the Sony news. Is this happening? Do you think that this is all just a facade? Is Sony and Marvel secretly doing a deal and this is actually happening? Maybe this is all just to get some marketing hype. Are we wrong? I don't know, but I'm excited to find out. That's a good theory. I don't know if I buy it, but that's a good theory. All right. Well, here's another good theory. Nova. Nova? Ryan. Oh, man. Okay, I Ryan. forgot about this one. We went over this in our prep, and I already forgot about it as a topic. But Joe Russo made a little joke about Nova being in the climax of Avengers Endgame. It's one of those things where it stopped all press. What? Nova's coming? 
Yeah, he didn't. He didn't announce it as a joke. They said like, "Hey, did you guys check? Did you look look close? That wasn't that was Nova back there in the in the giant battle." This guy wants Nova to happen. Nova's on his mind at the very least. He said it, and then the news spread. Denline broke the news. This isn't the first time we've heard Nova's name come up in conversation, but this is also one of those things where we have to take a step back as content creators and speculators here who are investing in comic books and also making content for the community. This kind of stuff is how things go wrong. It's how things go wrong. And I guess you could be one of the people who saw this news and immediately purchased some Nova keys thinking that they're about to drop Nova in the MCU or they may even have already done that and when nobody caught it. But with this particular character, I feel like you don't mention Nova so many times in so many different places as a possibility of something that might be coming down the line. Right. I feel like Nova is a is a sure thing. It's a question of when. It took like a full 48 hours for this news to come full circle. He joked about it. Deadline reported on it. It was picked up by multiple presses. The key collectors did a notification about it because this is the kind of information that we promised to get to the community. I mean, if the creator, the director, like one of the main writers drops news like that, that's huge. Because as soon as it's confirmed, boom, you, we should have been letting you know the community uh, as a while ago, you'd be going, wait, why haven't you been talking about this? So you, hasn't there been any news up until this point? But within two days, he confirmed that he was just joking. Yeah, and you know, they're they're definitely not thinking about our community first right. in their mind. I'm sure they're thinking about, you know, just the general comic book audience, people who are familiar with Nova anyway, but the... Uh, you don't think Joe Russo's like, oh, the speculators are going to get so mad at me for the next day? Yeah, I better wait for 48 hours and then and then correct the news and that'll that'll show them, like, then they'll get it. Yeah, you think he's like watching eBay prices or something? <laughs> yeah, who knows? I, I have no idea what they're doing. Well, this is a conversation. And as far as a topic conversation about speculating, because this is how this stuff works. I mean, we have these ebbs and flows. Sometimes news happens that's so in your face that it's it's going to happen. Like, look at the movie. He was in the background. And this is like the seventh time that he has specifically gone out of his way to name drop Nova. Right. Nova Corpse. You know, he mentioned like, oh, yeah, Nova was on the writing table. Nova was on the concept wall. And now Nova was already in the movie. We have to remember these moments. But at the same time, let's also remember the trend here over this last year and a half. Obviously, of all the Marvel characters, I mean, we've talked about a lot of them. Nova is a constant one that he could have made a joke radar. about like the rhino or somebody appearing in that in that battle. And everybody would have laughed and known it was a joke. But the fact that he brought up Nova yet again implies that you know maybe he's on their mind for a reason all right moving on to batman news all right this is a fun one because dc comics they seldomly do we have something that happens in the batman run that plays off well i feel like in recent years i'm thinking of like the tom king run with uh catwoman in the marriage proposal that was kind of the last time where people were like all right i need to stock up i need to catch up on batman well we have another one of those moments happening right now We have Second Prince already being solicited for Batman 76 and 77. We're getting into rumors about why this is happening because we don't know for sure. But if you read the book, it's pretty much a given. Yeah, Batman 77 dropped today as we're recording this. And uh, spoiler alert, I guess, for anybody who hasn't read it yet. Absolutely. Uh, On the last page, Bane snaps Alfred's neck. Now... Here is the spec. Either one, Alfred, he's older. He's got back problems. We know Batman has back problems. Maybe this is a chiropractor type of situation. He's getting adjusted. 
He's trying to, you know, his posture isn't great. You know, he's always kind of slouching in pictures. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is him seeing Bane to get some adjustments. And I bet the next issue he'll be up straight, you know, holding his little tray with the sandwiches and stuff. Good, good as new. Or Bane just killed Alfred. I don't know. I'm leaning towards the first one. What one, do you of, think? one of those. It's one of the two. But what we do see here in the solicitation for the variant is they took that last page spread of Alfred getting his neck adjusted and they're making that the full cover. Ooh. All right. So we're seeing spikes. 30 bucks on eBay already and climbing. It, will this make the hot list? Well, watch the show on Friday and we'll see. But this podcast right now, today, we're seeing this book price hike. And it gets me thinking about a larger topic here, death in comic books. Because last week I was chatting about, you know, absolute carnage and venom. Is is something happening there? They're saying fight to the death. The Hulk was being solicited saying, hey, billions of years in the future, the Hulk is dead. Oh, they're killing the Hulk. In our after show today, we're talking about Rocket Raccoon dying in our post show after the camera shut off because we keep the conversation going on our audio only formats on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and Spotify. But today we're looking at a book now that is being lifted to key worthiness for a death that may not even be warranted because this has happened before. It has happened before. Yeah, we, we looked it up. We figured it out. We dug down to the bottom. We found out the truth just for you. Oh, Detective Comics, issue number 328. We see the first death of Alfred. But this happened for reasons that are, well, actually possibly similar to why they're happening right now. Yeah, they, they killed him off because of the, uh, the craze that was happening back then. The seduction of the innocents. Right, yes. We've talked about this book before. A time where the publications were taking such a hit, we had a difficulty moving comic books when culture had decided that comic books were the reason kids were committing crime in, in low-income areas. You know, The families and religious sector and the government were kind of teaming up to get rid of comic books in waves. And this was a kind of a last-ditch effort to bring some readers. So they killed off Alfred. And then apparently, like two years later, it was, it was a little while later. Short-lived. Yeah. Imagine that. A comic book leaving somebody dead for just a little while before bringing them back to life for a TV show, no less. That's right. We have issue number 356 of Batman and Detective Comics, where Alfred gets resurrected. What I thought was funny, too, is on the very first page in that comic was an ad for the show. That's right. Adam West, Batman show. And the idea is that that was the reason why he was brought back. So... Initially, it was, how do we push sales up because we're getting heat from our bosses? And then two years later, hey, they're doing a show and they want to have Alfred. So, all right. We got to make everything kind of back to normal now. So the subject here, the larger conversation is, should comic book deaths actually cause key moments in books? And should those key moments have an inflation because of it? Should they be worth more? Because there are comic books that are collectible for the sole reason that it was the first death. But then you think of other characters that have a little bit more cred, a little bit more key worthiness. I'm thinking of like Thanos, who hits the resurrection key as well. And then you get the second death. You know, like, where does it end? You definitely know more about spec and, and values and keys than I do. But in my mind, it's it would be based on the importance of the character, like the importance of their particular death in the story and like how how likely they are to just kind of come right back through that revolving door and come back to life. I also think of the impact it had at, on culture at the time of the demise. Because I think of things like the death of Jason Todd. That Superman, was a, yeah. an epic moment. 
we know they come back. We know that that was just a hiccup in the character development if it wasn't retconned entirely. But those books remain valuable. I think of the death of Damian Wayne in Batman Incorporated number eight. It's a pretty big moment. There's multiple variants. Those books do sell. Damian is a hot character, but he was brought back. He didn't actually die. And that story wasn't very good when they you know, went through the New 52 retcon. Yeah, that's 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 just kind of what it comes down to, I guess, is how like killing somebody in comics is such a it's almost like a joke of a topic now. Like you kill somebody off and they're like, oh, right, well, we'll see them again soon. Like when they when they killed Wolverine, I was really happy. But at the back of my mind, I'm like, he's coming right back. It's Wolverine. It's Wolverine. He ain't going to be gone for long. Unfortunately. (laughs) All right. Moving on to one of my next favorite segments of the show. Viewer comments. Okay, so this is where we go through your comments because we read them all and we pick a couple of our favorites. And um, why don't you take it over here? We got J A O O eight one two three with the little uh, Enya over the O. Okay, is that what that is? I I don't know. I think so. (laughs) You're closer. I can't read it. That's my problem. What does it say? I like the idea of giving away some of the comics we see behind you. It creates hype and gets people excited for what they can win. What should I do? Why'd you put Roy? Okay, side note, Ryan, side can you, note, while I pick a comic book to give away... This was me, video, yeah, I did all those. Why did you put Roy Rogers right there? Uh, I have to know. I wanted to give a shout out to our buddy uh, Big Will, who is a big fan of Western comics. Hey, I did not know that. See, yeah. Okay. okay, hold up. I wanted to make sure it was definitely on camera, because I don't know which where exactly the line is. Because some of those you can't see, I, I think. What is the line? What is the line? Okay, so I, w- I thought you were is that just... the screwing. office? Yeah, it is the office. Okay, okay, I'm getting it. <laughs> um, I, th- I thought that you were just screwing with me because that book was actually a, a fun one I've had for a long time. My dad got this like Montana collection. I think we made a video on it. Like, oh, yeah. One of the first videos I did with my dad. But it was a really fun Montana collection. I had a bunch of Golden Age Westerns, but they were super high grade. And we were like... Ah, we don't know anything about him. And it was one of those moments where I met with Russ, one of the early times where I'm like, yo, my dad got this collection. What do we get? And Russ was just like, okay, I know these aren't like, you're not looking at superhero stuff, but this is amazing. And he just like reiterated what I think now, which is these are the fact that they exist and they're so high grade. It just doesn't make sense. You don't see collections like this. And it just started that spark. I'm like, oh, I need to hunt old stuff. So anyways, I, I know you didn't knew, know that I, about I that knew, Roy Rogers. I didn't even know that came from your dad. I thought that came from Big Will himself. <laughs> I thought no. that was something we opened on Comic Karma. Well, anyways, shout out to Big Will. He's a, a supporter of the show, and he sent a bunch of Comic Karma. And because of the comment, um, we're going to give away this Moon Knight issue number 24. This is a regular like fan favorite. People mention the last of the Bill S. covers. I don't know why I did not take that one down when because I took them all down. But. It's so gorgeous, my man. That's why. All right, so we're, we're creating a stack. We actually have more giveaways in this video, but um, we'll, we'll add this to whatever we end up giving away. All right, we have another comment that I really enjoyed. And Ryan, I've been messing with you over this last year about getting a neck, neck tat. And yes. Ian Scott said, fire up a neck tat, Ryan. So we have support from the community officially. What's going to happen? There was one comment that says, don't get the neck tat. I, feel I like don't know what you're talking about. You should have highlighted that comment. What are you talking about? I, I saw no such exactly. thing. I only saw people saying, Ryan, you need to get a neck tat and so, grow that beard out. Well, growing the beard out, that's just going to happen. That's... That's a process. Neck tat, though. You already have a tattoo. I do. I have one tattoo. You actually showed me the tattoo the first time we met when I interviewed you at the job we worked at well before all of this. And if you want to hear that story, well, we're saving it for the audio portion after the camera shut off. Let's jump into 
the art germ section here. Stanley Archram Lau. This guy is awesome. He can certainly draw. You've been picking up a bunch of his variants, too. As someone who like, doesn't collect, that means like you're going out of your way because the cover is attractive to you. That's right. All right. And another really cool thing that happened this week is Key Collector teamed up with Stanley Archram Lau. We're doing giveaways all this week on Key Collector. And also, we're doing a giveaway here today. We're going to be sending out two copies of Vampirella, the sketch variant, with a certification, and they're signed. Numbered. Oh, yeah. Good signature. It's awesome. Giving back to the community. You can go to Key Collector to apply to win one of these. Also, you can comment down below to enter to win one of the two copies that have been graciously donated to the show to give back to the community. And we have art germ covers that I want to talk about because some of these are just so awesome that, you know what, they're in my collection. Some of these are so awesome that you may want to just pick them up because you didn't know about. Some of these are so rare that you need to know the cover when you're on the hunt so you don't miss it. And some of these are like spec worthy. So let's get into it. Ryan, what is your favorite affordable Stanley Archram Lau cover? It's actually really recent too. He's been doing the variant covers for Joelle Jones's uh, Catwoman run. And uh, number 15 was his last variant cover that he did. And I really like I really like that one. I really like all of the ones he's done for that whole run. But this one in particular, I like how it's based off of the uh, Michelle Pfeiffer Batman Returns Catwoman with the... Uh, bodysuit and i like how she's up on the roof like the leather and everything it's really weird to say but i like the background i like the buildings and the mm-hmm. just the the view is really nice too so the whole the whole thing as a, as a good package i like it it's a great profile shot and it's an incredibly affordable book this one's awesome but it didn't pop super hard because those dc variants were you know you, you pay to order so it's you easy just, to get you just getting could get it yep. so four bucks still so if you like this book this is one that i think would look great in a nine eight I would hang this one up. All right. Another one. This one's you gotta you just gotta know. A one number one. Right, that book. That book. Uh-huh. Right? A one. A one. It's the world famous A one issue one. Titan Comics, man. 2013. Everyone knows this comic. Independent. And it featured an early Archram cover. You should know it anyway. That's right, because if you're on the hunt and you find this, I mean, there are Marvel and DC comics that Archram's done that exceed $30, $50. $100. This book, non-major publisher, over $200 consistently. Very low print run, so that's why. All right, moving on to one of my favorite covers that came out in this last year. I'm talking Detective Comics 1000, that retro cover. This is my pick as far as it goes, like just a book that I enjoy, that I picked up myself, and that spiked. Out of all those Detective Comics 1000 covers, too, this one stood out. Like I even I even noticed it, too, and... I didn't grab that one. I grabbed the Jim Lee main cover because I'm lame. <laughs> but it's going for like 60 bucks now, dude. It's a, That would have been a good one to grab, the art germ. I'm a fan of those retro covers, man. They get yeah. me on that. And it's a great profile shot of the you know Gotham City Sirens. And then last but not least, this is kind of the spec one. I mean, we're talking Black Cat, the number one, one in 200 variant. This right now has a high of like $90, okay? For one in 200, that's about right, you know? I mean, it's it's a little inflated. But you know what? Black Cat has been the subject of a lot of conversations in the community this past year. And typically, you know, you have your early appearances that spike, but there's always that like virgin variant of a character, especially if it's a strong female lead, that if it's done just right, we see the variants just skyrocket. I feel like she's having a moment too. Like Black Cat had a had a pretty big role in the earlier new relaunched Amazing Spider-Man run. She was in the video game last year quite a bit. Mm-hmm. This new 
relaunch of hers, her series right now that's just starting is supposed to be pretty good. It kind of feels like they're testing the waters with Black Cat, and I feel like, for me, who has somebody who has zero sense of speculation, I feel like that's somebody to kind of maybe bet on. Like, if, if I were doing that, that would be, I would be scooping up Black Cat stuff, but I'm not, because I'm me. Well, if you're a fan of Stanley Archer Malau, make sure to hit the comment section below and comment. We're doing two giveaways for the Vampirella sketch signed, numbered with cert variant. And we're going to be doing a third giveaway today for this Moon Knight cover because you guys like it when we take the stuff from the wall and send it out. So that's three giveaways. Make sure to comment and subscribe. We got a lot of them. And let's talk about some errors in comic books, Ryan. Oh, but man, this one's good. This one's fun, man. Yeah. Because, you know, we okay, we come to the mic, we talk about recalled comics because, hey, they wrote about a comic book and it was too mature. Or, hey, they're recalling this because they made a mistake and colored some characters wrong or because they put a logo on it by mistake. Whoopsies. Well, sometimes there's errors in comic books that are kind of just funny, and this is one of those moments. This one isn't getting recalled, though, right? They're not recalling no. any of these. This is no, just no. a typo. No, when there's a typo, I'll let that go through. Yeah, not even in my mind. This is a little like a little bit above just a typo because this is a bad one. What are we talking about, Ryan? Powers of X number three just came out today as we're recording this. And uh, in it, there is a word just it's bold. It's the first word that you can read on the page. And it says apoclapes. I screwed up, fam. I messed up. Last week, I went on the mic and I made a gross gross error i said gross. that in the newest you know hickman run apocalypse is the you know future leader of the x-men that in this dystopian future charles xavier is nowhere to be found and that the x-men team need to seek advice and leadership of apocalypse but i was wrong it was apoclapse apoclapse lord I, of the mutants i should have known apoclapse yeah. but um apparently apoclapse is a thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, apocalypse is kind of a hard word to spell, but all you really got to do as someone who writes a lot is break it down and, and, and sound out the letters in your head like you did in first grade when you're learning how to spell. How did they get N Saba Nor spelled right? Yeah, there's a, a couple other words on this page that aren't easy to spell either, but they're spelled correctly. They nailed those apparently, but apocalypse... He's also a character in Marvel that's been around for years. Like, they've been typing this word, and it's a very common word to use in, in fiction. And it's a very, like, there's not a whole it's lot bold. on this page. Yeah. You know, there's a very limited thing Apocalypse. Happening. <laughs> not right. apocalypse. No, nah, mm, nah, I'm just nitpicking. Okay, okay. Well, hey, this is a good time to mention something new that we started over this past two weeks. We have officially launched the Comic Tom 101 blog, and this is your go to website for just awesome comic book news and content. Just in general, what I've done is I've assembled an awesome team of content creators that are making YouTube content, that are making Instagram content, a lot of these people that you're gonna be familiar with. And we are making articles for the community. You can head down to the link in the description or just visit comictom101.com slash blog because we have Fire Guy Ryan, who is one of the main editors, preventing stuff like this from happening. I would have caught that, especially if it was bold and one of the only seven words on the page. Dude, I got to say, part of the like stress Six of assembling words. the writer's team was stressing how we're going to make sure to monitor what gets posted because like I trust all the writers to do their job right and to you know make sure that it's all family focused and or, you know rather family appropriate yeah. but you know like all of our content is but I wanted to make sure that we don't fall in line with some of the others who make a lot of written content that is just filled with grammatical errors Marvel comics 
apparently like Apple clips. Apoclips. So uh, anyways, um, good stuff there. Check out the Comic Tom 101 blog where we're going to be checking grammar regularly, courtesy of Fire Guy Ryan and John's Comics with Kids. Shout out John, Kate, and Charlie. He's an English teacher and I'm a weirdo with incredible OCD and lots of uh, experience reading things and spelling correctly. So I think we can prevent typos like this from getting through. That's right. That's not the main reason you should read the articles, though, is for lack of typos. There, Man, this is a really good article that it's just... Whoever there's... proofread this was great. The content itself is pretty lame, but the, the proofreading... I'm going to share it for that reason alone. That's right. All right. Moving on to the boys. Okay. I'm stoked about this show, man. I'm feeling left out. I don't have Amazon Prime, so I have not watched The Boys. Well, you know what prevented me from watching The Boys is that I have a TV that has Google Chromecast. And for whatever reason, Google and Amazon, they're just never going to get along. So I can't use my Amazon Prime and connect it to my TV. And it's the most frustrating thing because it delays me on my Amazon binging. The character The Deep in the television show is depicted as one of the worst of the seven, which is the seven superheroes that are a team of antagonists in this story. And considering that, I was just had to like reread some of the boys because I had to be reminded about this character because I don't even remember this character being in the book. And it turns out he is. I mean, the deep is in the boys. He's featured in the boys issue three along with the rest of the seven. That comic book is a key book. It's going for over $30 for good reason. But this character is a background character. He has none of the storyline that gets adapted in the series. This character in the book is actually like the least bad guy of the crew. So he's depicted entirely different. And it's got me thinking about that. It's got me thinking about like what actually causes books to spike and whether or not there is actually reason to be investing in the character for the name recognition alone. So you're thinking some people maybe be maybe buying The Boys issue three because they love the deep from the show. Oh, and the other characters. I mean, to be fair, it's the whole lineup that's featured yeah. there. But let's say hypothetical that he was featured in issue four. He's a main character in the run. Right. Right? So th that would be one of the books to spec on. These people who enjoyed his character in the show, who buy the book because they know that's his first appearance, but don't read it because, you know, if they did read it and crack it open, they'd see that it was totally different and, and not the same guy that they, that they recognize from the show. Doesn't look the same. Yeah. He doesn't act the same. He, he literally could call him an entirely different name. So it gets my mind thinking about other kinds of times in comics when they've adapted a comic to a movie or a show and they just totally change somebody. Right. And then right. that character becomes popular and then collectors seek out comic books to grow their collection. I'm just thinking about like, like Electro, I guess, like Amazing Spider-Man number two. Like, okay. But that that's a bad example, I guess, because that one's so different and bad like nobody left the movie theater and was like oh electro like i'm gonna go look him up right who else though i mean we had also the what is it miles morales's best friend Genki. yeah Genki. gank i don't Genki. i don't i've never heard it pronounced they wisely changed his name when they kind of they used him for uh the spider-man homecoming and, right. and far from home and they changed his name to ned leeds to tie in better with the amazing spider-man universe instead of the ultimate spider-man universe but that's that's Genki. Right? Same type of character design and say, even to the point where his dialogue is something you would expect him to say in the ultimate Spider-Man run. But if you saw the movie and you Googled Ned Leeds' first appearance and just bought it, you'd be buying a completely different character. That's Hobgoblin. Right. You'd be buying a completely different character. But if... Yeah, this, this, this is a weird kind of 
Do you follow me, comic fan? What I'm saying? Let me know in the comment section below what you think about this stuff. I mean, yeah. this is just one of those weird trains of thoughts that I have, but I'm a Hellboy collector, okay? So I focus on the community's reception of the movies because that drives a lot of comic book sales and also dictates where you should be putting your money into and at what time. And as of the last month, recently, Watch Mojo actually just dropped the top 10 biggest movie fails of the year. Ooh. And Hellboy made number three. Number two, I don't even remember what it was because it wasn't comic book focused. And then number one was Dark Phoenix. Ooh. So yeah. we have Hellboy making 10 million less than what it cost to make the film. So obviously, that character didn't land. However, what's like the one thing, like the one saving grace? that was talked about, about this particular adaptation of the Mignola universe. I didn't see it. I know Russ brought home a giant stack of the movies a while ago. I haven't I haven't watched it yet, but I remembered everybody saying before it came out that it was like the most comic accurate. Right. It was more comic accurate than the other two movies were. More comic accurate. However, it is now causing Hellboy comic books to start to decline. And I predict that over this next year, this is going to be the time to stock up on Hellboy. And as a Hellboy collector, I'm searching for a lot of Hellboy titles because, like, you know, although we have DVD sales happening right now and it's still sure. early, the movie's still young, but we're not going to see anything from Hellboy in quite a while. Not unless a sequel? Some, yeah. Nah, not a sequel. Probably not. I know. Who knows? Maybe Del Toro will decide to like bring it back. But I don't know. Larger conversation, right? I mean, Hellboy sure. was adapted correctly and it's not helping the spec market. And if anything, it's helping more of the buyer's market who are waiting on it. So we have to assess these things. And I don't know, I like bringing it to the community's attention. Hopefully this segment wasn't too confusing. It was fun. I enjoyed this one. All right. And then now we have something fun that happened this week. We're talking about Logan again, and I don't care. Because we're also talking about John Constantine. But wait a minute. How does that work? Because one's Marvel, one's DC. Well, what? I'm confused. They both no. like smoking. They Hey, they do both like smoking extensively like a little too much and john constantine has gotten cancer before as we know and we're going to tie this all together here right now so marvel comics presents issue number eight came out this week you got wolverine and his daughter rain going to hell and uh down there they discover that there are several demons who are interested in wolverine's soul that's right and bleeding cool actually ties this together because when he gets there, they're like, we've been waiting for you since you were 13. And the spec is that maybe this is because he killed his biological father when he was 13 that later drove his mother to suicide. So he's, I guess, been, been on a path to hell since then. And now that he's here, there's so many different like supernatural entities waiting for him to, to probably take out some aggression they have from things he's you know, done to them in the past probably in their living life. Sounds familiar. Oh, what does it sound familiar? Sounds like John Constantine. Oh, it sure does sound like John Constantine. We're going to tie John Constantine to this. Outside of the fact that Dangerous Habits, which is a story very similar, you know, this is how John Constantine beats cancer in the DC Vertigo run. Yeah, we broke it all down last year. If you're, if you're interested, you can check it out. But we, yeah, we, we, took, we took every issue of that storyline, broke it down, it was a good it was a good time. It's one of my all-time favorite stories. It's it's fantastic. It's it's so raw, it's mature, but it's so serious and it has such great like thought 
concepts and it's dark yeah it's very dark and the visual by are, garth ennis and it's written by we're, we're tying it to the boys because that's what we do hit the subscribe button hit the like button because we talk about comic books and we tie all of this news together marvel to dc to constantine back to the boys amazon what are we doing i don't even know what we're doing anymore who knows i don't know but i'm excited about this it's making me want to read a wolverine comic book I, I don't know. Maybe. It makes me want to reread Constantine, not so much Wolverine, but yeah, no, right? you know, Constantine's right. good. Uh, this is cool. I'm excited about this. We'll see what like Wolverine has in store for himself here. It sounds like he's wronged a lot of people, and he's in a place where he's going to be getting a lot of revenge taken out on him. He'll find his way back, though. He'll claw his way out of it, as he always does. Well, he's got his daughter with him, so uh, hopefully she can help. He's got those hot claws, too, that I'm sure he uses all the time. That's right. Oh, comic fam. We're at the end of the show, but it doesn't end here because we're going to turn the cameras off and keep the conversation going because, Ryan, you wrote an awesome article on the Comic Time 101 blog about how we met. Correct. And I, I read it. I also saw that a large number of the Instagram fam who saw the post went and read it as well, and they really enjoyed it. Thank you. So I felt like we should have the conversation on the mic about that. That's a good idea. It's a pretty interesting story. I met you at the bank. I hired you. You hired me. You were a teller. I was. You were dealing with cash. All right. And- we're going to also yes, tell was. you about Fire Guy's Ryan tattoo that he showed me in the interview in the after show. Correct. We also have another sh- uh, another topic to talk about, the death of Rocket Raccoon. Mm. Ooh, more death conversation. That's so right. so if you haven't gotten enough of, that, enough of that, definitely hit us up on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, or SoundCloud. And we have three giveaways today, so make sure to comment down below. We do appreciate your time, comic fam. We do appreciate key collector as well the best comic book app on the market use the code tom 101 to get a free week subscription to the best app in the world it unlocks all the different services that it provides so if you like the stuff that we talk about that stuff's for free but if you want to get the key alerts if you want to get all the categories unlocked and up your collecting reach hit the link in the bio download key collector and use that code and as always geek responsibly enough said Audio only. Audio only for the comic fam. These are the diehards. We love you. I hope you're bagging and boarding comics. I hope you're pricing comics. I hope you're thinking about the comics you want to get. Or at the very least, you're listening to us while you're doing some trivial task, because that's why I listen to podcasts. I'm like washing dishes. I'm walking a dog. Maybe you're driving to work, hating everything about your entire existence, except for this podcast, because we're awesome. And, and you're awesome for listening to it. You, you really are. You're awesome for listening to it, and we appreciate that you're here. And Ryan, you wrote this awesome article. It touched me in my heart. It made me happy. It made me think about old times. Yes. How long ago was this? This was, I got that job in early 2013. So it was your it was favorite like job. Your absolute favorite job you worked at. You wish you still worked there. Oh, yeah. Yep. It's very true. Wills Fargo, also known as Hell, mm-hmm. is a place where we both worked. I actually started my adult career running and managing bank locations. I would go to a new location that either needed help, like they were just sinking, they needed to grow the bank, or they would send me to a brand new location, put me in the newspaper and be like, hey, there's a new location coming and Tom Garcia is the manager. Now, mind you, I was super young. I was was always wondering that. Like, how did you get started as a bank manager at like, 14 years old, however old you were when I met you. I was the youngest Wells Fargo manager and then the youngest union bank manager up until I quit banking. And it was like published and they were 
you know, regularly bringing it up because I went down their career curriculum. I started as a teller. I worked my way up to a banker. I started managing as an assistant manager. And I just drank the Kool-Aid of like what they did. You know, like, hey, you do this, you can get to this point. And then I was just aggressive about it. I'm like, hey, I'll do this job better. Let's give me, give me a chance. And it got to the point where I was like 22 years old and they were giving me a location because that particular manager quit last minute and they needed somebody. And sometimes that's how like opportunities come Always up. Always how it works in my you, experience. You never know. Yeah. You know, it's got to be prepared for anything. But I was working at a location. It was my final year at Wells Fargo before I went on to another bank, which I would work at for three more years before going to Amazon part-time to wean off of working full-time to then do comic books full-time. Right. And in that last year, I needed a teller. I actually needed a few tellers. And I was interviewing. And this are some of like the early interviews that I did in my career. And Ryan walks in the door. Yep. You wanted to be a teller. I did. I wanted a job that utilized numbers and data entry and wasn't working at the food court like I had been for the past few years before that. Well, here's the secret. A teller job is marketed as a finance job, right? Even Michael Scott said it, you know, tell, tell the girls at the bar you work in finance. I'm a teller, you know, but, but that's kind of the, the, it's a sales job. It's a sales job. It's a sales job. There's no, there's, it's customer service, 30% 30% and pushing products the remaining 70%. That may also just be Wells Fargo percentages too because they are notoriously uh, pushy with the products and the sales. Since we left the bank, Wells Fargo has had to redo their entire sales structure. A lot their of the people... CEO got questioned by Congress. Um, their CEO had to step down. Yeah. And all these people that they like used... Defrauded. Yeah, I mean, it is bad. It's it bad news. news. It was in the news. And we, we got were out there of for, We were there for the a lot heart of that. it. Yeah. We were there for the screaming customers who were getting overdraft fees. Like my job was to deal with that. All the meetings we had to go to where they yelled at us like, push products, push products, push products. It was terrible. But yeah. Ryan, you walked in the door and you wanted this job and, and we connected. How did it happen? Uh, we had a job interview together, and it was uh, sitting across from a table much like this, except we weren't surrounded by comics. It was in a boardroom at the back of a bank. I was wearing a suit. You were wearing a nice dress shirt. Yep. I was trying to impress. I was dressed to impress. You sure were. You were, you were dressing for the job you wanted. That's what they tell you to do. So I was sitting down talking with you, and we were having a normal job interview, and then uh, you guys asked what I wanted, what I like to do in my spare time, and I happened to mention that I liked reading. And comic books somehow came out of my mouth, and that was like that was the magic word, I guess, in that in that situation. It was the magic word because that's what I w- would do in interviews. I mean, I would try to find out something about the person that made me confident that they're a real person. Because you get a lot of just fluff. Oh, I like to do like the these three basic things that everyone says. Travel. I mean, like, yeah, you know, like I hope to do this one day. You know, like it's just it's a lot of like the same answers when you see people over and over again. So I look for something real because then I can get you talking about something you're passionate about. And if you're passionate, well then there's a hope, right? You know, maybe you'll be dedicated. And you brought up comic books. And that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. Uh don't do that. <laughs> I wrote that in the article. Like don't be honest. <laughs> your job I know you kind of lucked out, dude. He saw it to the right person. Yeah, if if it was anybody but you, they'd have been like, "Oh, this guy's a nerd." Next, All right, and I was like, "Oh, dude, yeah, man, I am big into comics. You can't see, yeah. but under these sleeves, I am just tatted up." And that's when you shared with me that you had a superhero tattoo. Yep, Ryan's got a freaking 
fat Green Lantern tattoo on his arm. I do. I almost showed the camera, but He's the camera's got, not on. He actually has Brian Michael Bendis tattooed above his butt crack. Mm-hmm. He loves Brian Michael Bendis. He's got a tramp. I'm just kidding. He does not have a he does not have a tattoo above his butt crack. No. Just <laughs> no. the one on my arm. No, just the one on his arm. And you know what? It's okay because I think that's awesome. I think uh, you know he's part of the JLA, man. Yeah, I got I got a Green Lantern tattoo on my brother's twenty first birthday in Vegas. There you go. He got a blue lantern tattoo on his arm and we we're we're matching lantern bros, but Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that he had a He has a million other tattoos as well, but this is my only tattoo, so it's it's a little more meaningful for me, but yeah, we got we got matching lantern tattoos. There's a whole there's a whole story there. But yeah, we have we have uh, comic book tattoos in common, you and I. We then grew a friendship over that time. You met Aaron at that time because I also met her at the bank as well. Great. And I would regularly ship my comic books to the branch because I hate waiting for comics and I hate having to drive to the post office. And since I was the boss, I did what I want. And I would have my Bowen statues shipped there. And I would show Ryan, hey, look at my new $300 statue. I remember, it. yeah, that was, that was my favorite time during the day. Like Tom would come up to the to the teller line and he would just kind of step to the side with me and be like, hey, come on, come over to my desk, check this out. I got I got this like giant Captain America statue shipped here. <laughs> this giant man I got, oh, let's open it at my desk. That's right, in you the saw middle the of the bank. Man. Yeah, you had a giant, we opened a giant man statue. Which also got toppled over and the legs broke because of my yes, cat. You're basically was, doing what my cat did and I'm knocking over statues. I try. That's why I don't own statues anymore is because my cat knocks them over and now you knock them and over. now I knock them over. Now I say my cat's and Ryan knock over my statues. But anyways, that's how we met. I encourage everyone because this is just a little bit of the story. Ryan continues it with a little bit more substance in the in the article. You yeah. know, you kind of get into some details that I thought were really fun. So I encourage everyone to check out the blog. We got a bunch of cool stuff on there. And I also want to shout out a bunch of members of the community who have already started posting. Reggie Collects has submitted articles. We have Jason from Certified Comic Shop. He wrote up an amazing piece about the CGC like opinion you can pay for on ebay listings and you get like the cgc grade check he did a whole article about that super valuable and then we have john's comics with kids him and his daughters are writing articles now so we're getting reviews about kids books yep. from kate and charlie it's awesome i'm so excited about this and the support's been amazing we're talking about now donnie kate's possibly killing off rocket raccoon what's going on yeah it's a little it's a little uh a little strange he's he's been writing guardians of the galaxy this is uh it's been a pretty cool run i've been on it since issue one he's just killing it dude i'm he really so is. proud of this guy like coming on the scene so new and hearing his story at emerald city when he was just telling us about how he just he had a passion for it so he went to school and he just tried yeah. he tried hard he's like yeah i went and worked at shops and the shops i worked at closed down so like obviously i'm not good in comic book stores but it turns out i'm good at comic book writing like he's so modest because He's putting out fire every other week, just straight fire comic books. And he's just low-key super humble. He really is. This was um, Guardians of the Galaxy was my, my chance to get in on the ground floor with a Donny Cates series because he had already launched Thanos and, and Venom and stuff by that time to say nothing of you know baby teeth and redneck and all sure. that other stuff he's got going on, but... I jumped on Guardians of the Galaxy. I've only read the first six issues. I'm not current on this new arc they have, but it's about Rocket Raccoon. And uh, he was noticeably absent from the first few issues, and they've there were a few times when characters would say, hey, where's Rocket? Why isn't Rocket on the team? And, and people would kind of make eye contact and be like, we don't talk about Rocket. He's, he's just gone for a while. And, and there's just been a lot, of, a lot of hints dropped. They've gone over his origin story, which was 
written out by Bill Mantlo and Mike Mignola, which is an awesome early Mignola run. It's a four-issue series. And they're bringing it back to his roots. Like, where did Rocket come from? How did this animal become a superhero? You know, how yeah. did he become one of the members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, like an elite member? And it's because he has ties to a planet with other animals. And really, like, he's, like, been experimented on by robots and it's part of the experimentation that has gone wrong and it appears that our little raccoon is dying it looks pretty sad i've uh it's I'm, like losing his hair and stuff yeah i'm i'm i'm, I'm excited to uh, restart reading these i've got you know issue seven and eight waiting for me but i'm kind of i'm kind of nervous now right yeah this this run has been has been pretty epic so far and uh, epic is a word I, I try not to use a lot, but this first the first arc anyway was about Thanos getting resurrected, and it involved a lot of people questioning each other's motives and betrayal and and lack of trust, and it was very dramatic and powerful. And to see him turn to talk about Rocket dying for a, a whole story arc is going to be kind of sad. So looking forward to reading it, but at the same time, I'm not at all. It's one of those things we just got done talking about. Like, is it? when characters get killed or when it gets solicited that they're going to make a change like that. If that's something we should be like really paying attention to, is it kind of blown out of proportion? But then it comes back to the writing. If the story itself is, I'll use your word epic without the death, well, it makes that death that much more impressive is more important, more, more thought provoking. And then it gets you to want to reread it. As you just said, immortal Hulk, the solicitations for the end of the series has me wanting to reread the whole story. If you do it right, you cause buzz. If you do it right, you make more comics. This excites me. Me too. All right. Thank you, comic fan. We do appreciate your time today. If you made it to the end of the video, I got to just say, oh my goodness, what did I just say? I said, thank you, comic fam. If you made it to the end of the video, <laughs> this isn't the video. This isn't a video, Tom. Uh, see, I'm looking at the, and you can't see me right now, but I look at the camera sometimes. It's a habit. I look at the camera when we're not even recording. We're sitting <laughs> at this table and I just make eye contact like it's, like I'm, like I'm literally on the office. If you made it to the end of this audio recording, yes. we appreciate you the mostest. We appreciate you 3,000. 3,000, for real. You, you, you stick with us. You are the diehard supporters of the show. And if there's one thing we can ask of you is to whatever platform you're listening to us on, there's a way to rate the show. If you rate it, it goes so far for us on these audio platforms. And we really do hope that you, you know, if you found any value to this, that you'll do that. We appreciate the, you know, the positive uh, criticism. And we, <laughs> but we also really do appreciate the high ratings because you guys have just been bringing the heat every week. And we do appreciate you. We love you guys. We do. We'll see you next Sunday. Take care. Geek responsibly. Oh, and go to the YouTube video and comment so that you can be entered to win one of the three giveaways. That's true. We're giving away a whole bunch of stuff this time. You should probably go check out the video and then drop a comment down there because you can't comment here. Go to the YouTube video. Comment there. Ryan just said all of that while looking at the camera. I did. Just want to make sure. There's, there's, there's no camera. The ca there is no spoon. Th there's nothing there, man. Uh, all right. Bye, comic fan. Good night. <laughs>